Good morning and welcome to the Court Street United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Jeremy Peters, assisting us in leading worship today. We've got Alan Weimer at the Oregon. Our scripture reading this morning is Dale Link. Uh, and, and any host of musicians are also supporting us in, in worship today. I have to tell you, my son tries to start celebrating Christmas uh, um, around October 15th, right? He's, he's already been uh, celebrating Christmas for weeks and weeks now. Every day when I pick him up from school, he gets in the car and he says, Merry Christmas. And I say, no, no, not yet. But you might have got me there just now. You, I, might, I might be ready to say Merry Christmas back to him. Uh, thank you, thank you for the music this morning. We have a, 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 an array of Court Street musicians and special guest musicians uh, on this very special Sunday morning. Today we celebrate a Court Street tradition, our annual festival of lessons and carols. Today we will tell the story of God's love. We will tell the story of the season in scripture and in song. And I am glad that you are here for it, those who are downtown and those who are with us online this morning. Let's get started in worship today by greeting one another. Here's what I'd like for you to do. Go ahead and turn and make friendly, non-threatening Christmas eye contact with somebody who's sitting near you in the pews or uh, or wherever you are. And while you're looking at somebody in a a merry sort of a way, go ahead and repeat after me. Say these words. Happy Advent. I am glad you are here. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. This morning, our, our worship is going to be filled with lots and lots of music, and we're going to get started by, by singing the same hymn that we start this service with each year. Today, we're going to start our worship with a hymn that is called Once in Royal David City, and we always do this in a particular way. Uh, as we begin this hymn, the first verse will be sung by the sopranos who are getting ready behind me. Uh, the, the sopranos will sing the first verse, and then all of us together will come in on the second verse. I invite you now to stand on your feet or stand in your heart, grab your bulletin, get the words ready. Uh, and remember, just listen to the first hymn, sing uh, first verse, sing on the second. Here we go.
as you're able. At the heart of the Christian faith is a story. It's a story about a God who loves this world, a God who created this world, a God who came into this world, a God who remains with us in this world. One of the ways that we tell that story is by saying these words that have been handed down to us since the earliest days of the Christian faith, the words of this thing we call the Apostles' Creed. Let's tell the story of God's love together as we say these words. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated, except for the kids. At this time, if there are any kids who are not already down in the front, I'm going to invite you to come on down, find a place in one of these front pews. We're going to have a little bit of talk about what's going on today. Come on down, kids. Anybody coming down? All right, I'm looking around. I'm looking around. It looks like everybody who wants to be here is already here. Well, that makes things easy. Good morning, everybody. Miss Jan said, because today is a special day, I get to talk to you, and I'm so excited to talk to you. Did you notice anything different when you walked in today? Is, is, who noticed something different? Did you notice something? What is different today here in the sanctuary? What is different? Can you spot something different from what it's usually like? There's a whole bunch of instruments everywhere. There's a whole bunch of instruments everywhere. Well spotted. What kinds of instruments do you see? Do you know the names of any of the instruments that are, that are around here? What kind of instruments do you see? I think I see a trombone back there. Is there a trombone back there? Can we, can we, oh, well, can we hear a little bit of the trombone? What does that sound like? Oh, that's fun. Oh, it's going to be hard to top that one. All right, what other instruments do we see? What do you see? The tuba. Is there a tuba? Oh, let's hear a little bit of the tuba. Yeah, and that's all the tuba ever gets to do. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well done. Do you see any other instruments that you know the name of? What do you see? The flute. The flute. Oh, my goodness. Where's the flute? Where's the flute? Oh, the flute is hiding. Yep, okay. Can can we hear a little toot on the flute? That's a good toot. That was an excellent toot. That was a very fluty toot. All right. What other instruments do you see? What do you think? The bells. The bells. Yep. Oh, is there anybody who can jump up and ring, (coughs) ring a bell for us? Oh, thank you. Oh, what a beautiful noise they make. All right, let's do one more. Last instrument. What do you see? It's somebody we haven't called on. What do you see? 
What do you see? All right, you got your hand up. I see flowers. You see flowers, yeah. And you know what? When the wind blows through the flowers, that makes a noise. And so I'll count that. That's one of God's instruments. All right, you want to do one more? What do you see? This is the most obvious, them in the front instead of in the back. Them, them in the, oh, yes, that's a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. There's a, all right. Oh, the French horns really want to make some noise for us. Okay. All right. Okay. Should we, should we let the French horns make some noise? All right, French horns, what do you got? Well, and everybody at home just lost our stream because of the copyright infringement that just happened there. So thank you, thank you. For, that's why we don't let the French horns play uh, what they want to play. All right, there are lots of fun instruments out today, aren't there? That's because today is a special day where we fill our worship with, uh, with lots and lots of music. I love today because we get to do some of my favorite Christmas music, so you're going to hear some Christmas music that maybe you know. I also love this service because we, I always learn some new piece of music that I've never heard before. Today, in just a second, we're going to hear a piece of music that, that is Christmas music that a lot of people around the world know, but that you maybe have never heard. It's a song called Ryu Ryu Chiu. Has anybody ever heard about that? No, that's the face that I made when I saw it in the bulletin. Ryu Ryu Chiu. Does anybody know what Ryu Ryu Chiu means? Well, we better ask somebody who does. David, where'd you go? David Lindsay. David, come on over. Everybody say hi, David. All right, David, I'm going to hand you a microphone. David, tell us, what does Ryu Ryu Chiu mean? What, what do you want to tell us about this song we're going to hear? So, so Ryu Ryu Chiu is basically kind of, a, I guess you could say it's kind of a call that a, a, a bird of some sort oh. might make. Oh. And the words themselves mean the, the river is shielded in safety and God is protecting the you lamb. Oh, I love this. This is a very exciting song. Now, it's, in, it's not all in English. You're going to hear some of this song in English. What's the other language that we're going to hear in a moment? We're going to hear Spanish. All right. Yep, you're going to hear some Spanish and some English. And here's what I love about this song. It's fun. This song is about a wolf that's trying to get to a lamb, which would not be good if the wolf got to the lamb. But the lamb is protected by two things, by a river that keeps the wolf from getting to the lamb and by a bird that sings a loud song and scares the wolf away. I love that idea that we can scare the wolf away by making a loud song that goes, Ryu, Ryu, Chiu. I want everybody to try Ryu, Ryu, Chiu, because the choir is going to sing this one. We're not going to get to do it. This is our chance right now. All right, so everybody, uh, let's say that on three. Let's see if you got it. One, two, three. Ryu, Ryu, Chiu. All right, now I want you to do a Ryu, Ryu, Chiu like there's a wolf that's trying to get to the lamb, and you're the only thing that's going to scare it away. All right, here we go on three. One, two, three. Ryu, Ryu, Chiu. Oh, that was good. Let's do one more just because this is our last opportunity. One, two, three. Ryu, Ryu, Chiu. Outstanding. That's what today's worship is all about. You know, this is a time of year when we don't see the sun very often, and it can be easy to feel sad this time of year. Some people can feel scared this time of year. And so that's why we fill our worship with lots of loud, joyful noises to try to scare the wolf away. All right. Um, you know what? Let's, before we send the kids away, let's do the Ryu, Ryu, Chiu while the kids are still down in the front. And can, yeah. can, can we do that? Do you guys want to be front row for, for yeah. Ryu, Ryu, Chiu? All right. Okay. Let's hear David. I'll take the microphone back. Yeah, we'll put it back over here. All right. Here we go. Let's bring the choir forward and let's hear some Ryu, Ryu, Chiu.
They have, here, am I, there we go. We're going to have lots and lots of music today. And because I don't want you to miss any of the really cool music that's going to happen today, you're actually going to get to stay in the sanctuary through the service today, right? So what we're going to do in a second is I'm going to send you back, and you can sit with, well, I mean, you know, you can go back to sit with whoever brought you, or pick somebody who looks friendly and, and just, just sit with them <laughs> for the rest of worship today and, uh, and, you know, have a good time making friends. Before we do that, let's, uh, let's have a prayer like we usually do, all right? So um, close your eyes if that helps. Bow your head if that helps. And let's do a repeat after me prayer. Grown-ups, do this with us too now. Thank you, God, for joyful noise and instruments and birds and our voices. Keep the wolf away from us. Help me to remember I am important in my family. I am important in my church. And I am very, very loved. Amen. Amen. All right. You may find your way back to your family. All right. Uh, uh, grown-ups, you may need, find your way back to your grown-ups. You may need to throw up a hand and help the kids find you where you're sitting. Some of them are looking intently. Don't hide from your children, please. Did you hear them gasp when you hit that tambourine the first time? That was fun. That was fun. Oh, my goodness. I love, I love this Sunday. Yep. <laughs> I, I just do what David tells me, too. All right. Well, John Wesley, the, uh, the founder of Methodism, died in 1791. When, when John Wesley died, he was, was 87, almost 88 years old. Uh, and, and when he died, he was ill for several days before he died, uh, which, which in a way was a blessing uh, because he saw the end coming. And that gave him time to gather the people who, who he cared about the most around his bedside so they could be there with him in his final hours. Uh, and, and in his final hours, the people who were there tell us this is what John Wesley did. He sang one last hymn. Uh, of course, even in his deathbed, John Wesley was going to sing another good Methodist hymn. He sang one last hymn. He made that, that joyful noise. And when he had finished singing the hymn, he took a big breath, and this is what he said. He said, the best of all is God is with us. And then he said it again. He said it twice. The best of all is God is with us. In his lifetime, in his long ministry, John Wesley preached more than 40,000 sermons. He was in some way responsible for something like 400 publications. He wrote and thought about just about every aspect of human existence. He wrote about theology, but he also wrote about medicine and music and physics and marriage. He wrote about just about everything you can think of. And after a long lifetime of preaching and writing and reflecting on what it means to be human in this world and what, what, what God says to us through Scripture and how God is present with us in our lives. I love, I love that after 87, almost 88 years of doing that, the final word that John Wesley wanted to share, the very last thing he wanted to say to sum up all 40,000 sermons and all 400 publications was this, God is with us. That was what he concluded after 87, almost 88 years. Today in our worship, we are going to celebrate the God who is with us. We're going to hear stories from Scripture about ways in which God appears to us and the transformation 
that happens in our lives when we become aware of the presence of God moving beside us through this world. We're going to hear many scripture readings today. Dale Link is going to be our our scripture reader. He's going to share these with us. The first reading we're going to hear today is uh, the story of Abraham and Sarah. In this story, we're going to learn that sometimes God appears to us in the form of strangers in need of help and hospitality. And we're going to learn that, that God, the God who is with us, is in the habit of giving hope to people who have given up on hope. God is in the habit of giving new life to people who have found themselves falling into despair. Listen now for the voice of God as we hear this reading from the Old Testament book of Genesis. The first lesson is from Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves And after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf, that had been prepared, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I be fruitful? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you. In due season... And Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Yes, you did laugh. The word of God for the people of God.
we turn now to the story of a man named Jacob. Jacob is one of the most interesting figures in all of the pages of Scripture. Jacob's life is, is filled with twists and turns. He is constantly bringing hardship and trouble upon himself. And today we pick up the story of Jacob at a moment when he feels like the loneliest person in the world. At this point in Jacob's life, he has deceived his father, he has stolen from his brother, and now he is on the run in the wilderness looking for a new place to call home. And in this passage, we're going to learn that God sometimes speaks to us in dreams, and we're going to learn that even the loneliest person in the world is always in the presence and in the heart of God. Listen now for the voice of God as we hear these words from Genesis chapter 28. The second lesson from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 16. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a stairway set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
And now we're going to hear a story of Moses. Now this story comes from a moment when God's people were enslaved and oppressed in the land of Egypt. The story comes from a moment when God's people were worked by their masters to the point of exhaustion, and so they cried. They cried out to God. In this story, we're going to learn that sometimes God speaks to us through signs, and we learn that God, the God who is with us, is interested in bringing liberation to the captive and freedom to those who are oppressed. Listen now for the voice of God as we hear these words from the book of Exodus chapter 3. The third lesson from chapter 3 of Exodus, verses 1 through 10. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, but it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. Now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Well, scripture is always part of Lessons in Carol's Sunday. And music is always part of Lessons in Carol's Sunday. And there's one other, one other thing that makes this one of my favorite Sundays of the year. We have this practice. We didn't, we didn't come up with this idea, but it has long been part of these moments, festivals of Lessons in Carol's, to pause in our worship and to pray for people who may be struggling during the holiday season. And we know that, that what is for many people a, a joyful time of parties and celebration and reunions with family is for other people one of the most difficult and one of the most painful times of the year. And so we pause in our worship to, to pray for those people, and maybe those people is you. Pray for those people who are having a hard time and are just trying to grit their teeth and survive, survive this season. And uh, I hope that you know that if the celebrations of this time are difficult for you and if the, if the joy of this time has a hard time making its way to your heart, I hope that you know that even so, the stories of this season are about you and the love of God is for you. And that I hope that you find something, something in this season, something in this moment that will carry you, carry you on into the next year, carry you through whatever it is whatever it is you're experiencing. Let's take a moment to, uh, to pray. Take a moment to think about those people in your life who may be struggling right now. Take a moment to think about that person who you haven't heard from in a while, that person who may be keeping their head low during the holiday season. Take a moment to lift up a prayer for that person. Take a moment to lift up a prayer for yourself, and then we together will pray for God's peace and God's love to fill every heart in all the world. Take a deep breath, church, and let's pray. Yeah, we pray today for those in this place and all around us who are struggling. We pray for those who, like Abraham and Sarah, are feeling hopeless, feeling like this world and this life has nothing more to offer them. We pray for those who, like Jacob, are feeling lonely and unmoored, those who are going through a time of wandering in the wilderness. We pray for those who, like the Israelites in the land of Egypt, are oppressed this holiday season. For those who are working and away from their families so we can finish our last-minute shopping. For those who will find no rest through the holidays or even in the next year. God, we pray for those people who are overlooked, who feel unseen by this world and by this season. We pray for those who are grieving, whose hearts are filled with pain this year because there's an empty space in the home at the table where there was not an empty space before. God, journey with all of these people and journey with us. Reveal your presence to all of these people and reveal your presence to us. Speak to these people and speak to us. Let your kingdom come even as Jesus came. Let it come in our hearts. Let it come in this church. Let it come in this world until every tear is wiped away and every heart is glad. 
God, we pray for your kingdom to come and we ask it in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, the mission of the Court Street United Methodist Church is to create a world with more peace and more hope by loving one another as Jesus loves us. We do that by passing on freely the grace and the blessings that Jesus has freely given to us. One of the ways that we do that in worship is by making room for one another and making space for wiggles and sounds of, of people who are alongside of us in worship. I love Court Street United Methodist Church. I love the way in which you do that. Jan and I had a long conversation about what, what the kids were going to do this morning, and we decided we wanted them to be in worship. We wanted them to enjoy the music. We wanted them here with us and we said that's going to mean a little bit of extra background sound is that okay and we, yeah that's fine what what better what more joyful noise is there than the sound of children who are at home in the house of the lord who are finding their place among god's people among god's family so thank you church for accepting them as part of the choir and part of the ensemble this morning i'm glad that their noises and their sounds and wiggles make you glad Another way that, we, uh, that we, we share God's love is by, by giving, literally giving away the things that God has given us. I knew a pastor years ago who served a church that was uh, famous every year at their, their town's uh, Fourth of July festival for setting up a booth uh, and selling ice cream to people as they went by. They could get a big ice cream cone or a big bowl of ice cream for, for something like $5. Uh, and this pastor was never never comfortable with that setup. It was one of the trustees' biggest fundraisers of the whole year, and they counted on the money that the ice cream bought in. But this pastor always, always said, well, what kind of message are we sending to the community about God's love when we set up that booth and, uh, and ask them to buy ice cream in order to take care of our building? And so this pastor, every summer, would get himself in no end of trouble because, of course, he was retired. As, he, was, he was required as the pastor to work the booth and sell the ice cream. And when the trustees weren't looking, he was always giving away bowls of ice cream to people as they were going by, especially children. He would hand them, hand them big ice cream cones and bowls of ice cream. And the trustees would, would get so frustrated with him and he would say, but, but there goes a young person who just learned something about the grace and the love of God. And isn't that a wonderful thing? I, I love, I love that Court Street United Methodist Church has long been a church that's, that's comfortable with and enthusiastic about freely passing on the blessings that God has given us. We have at Court Street United Methodist Church a community, a committee that is tasked with just finding creative ways to do that, to, uh, to bless our neighbors and to share God's love with the community. We call it the Evangelism Committee. Um, and throughout the year, they, they come up with projects and ways to, to give uh, and show grace and love to our neighbors. This last week, they did that by going over to the Cortland Center Mall, and they set up a table outside one of the, the department stores, um, and they wrap presents for people as they were going by. They, they wrap gifts, and people say, well, how much are you charging this? And nothing. It's free. Like, God's love is, is free. We're out here because we want to share God's love with our community. Um, and they were there all day long wrapping presents for people. Many of you helped out. Thank you to those who, who helped at the table uh, and wrapped gifts. Uh, the people who are most grateful for this service, 
service are the people who walk up with like two carts that are just filled to overflowing with all of the presents that they bought for people. Um, And honestly, the evangelism committee will tell you those are their favorite moments too because they know those people are going to be standing there a while. And so they get a chance to to talk to them and learn their story and uh, and become a part of their holiday holiday season. Uh, Those of you, I'm not sure how many are here, but if if you were part of that uh, gift wrapping, would you just wave a hand or or, uh, give us some kind of a, so I see, here we go. We got a number of people over here. Um, Thank you. Thank you for sharing God's love with our community. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure there's a committee in the church that has more fun than the evangelism committee. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for sharing God's love and for teaching our neighbors something about God's love and God's grace. Court Street United Methodist Church, even if you weren't there wrapping presents, you made that ministry possible. Um, The work of the evangelism committee is the work of you, the congregation, the people of Court Street United Methodist Church. Thank you. Thank you for being the kind of congregation that passes on freely the blessings that God has so freely given to us. Thank you for all of the ways in which you give.
Please be seated. And now we turn to Mary. We don't know very much about Mary's life before this moment. The, the chances are that Mary was overlooked by most people before this moment. You know, Mary lived in a, a world that didn't have much value or purpose for young girls and young women. Mary lived in a society where the best that a, a young woman could hope for was to marry a, a kind man who would provide her with a home and keep her from a life of, of desperation. Mary was probably overlooked not only by her neighbors and her community, but even uh, to a certain extent by her family. And then suddenly one day this angel appears, and Mary discovers that, that she has not been overlooked by God. She discovers the, that the God who is with us is a God who sees and values those people who were overlooked by this world. The God who is with us is a God who works through people who are not valued by this world to accomplish the salvation of this world. Listen now for the voice of God as we hear these words from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. The fourth lesson from Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be called Great and the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
In our final reading today, we turn to the book at the very end of the Bible, the book we call The Revelation to John. This book was written by a man named John who was a leader in the early church, and John had been sent into exile on an island called Patmos. The Roman authorities had hoped that they could destroy John's faith by separating him from the rest of the church. What they didn't understand is that there is no such thing as exile from the presence of God. While John was there on the island, God spoke to John in a vision. And in that vision, John saw a city where all the people could see God face to face. And all of the people were aware of the presence of God with them. And in that vision, John saw that God is able to wipe away every tear. That God is able to undo mourning and sadness and even death. Listen now for the voice of God as we hear these words from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. The fifth lesson from chapter 21 of Revelation, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let's cap this thing off by singing one together. Stand on your feet or stand in your heart. Let's sing a Charles Wesley Christmas hymn. Hark the herald angels sing. Here we go. Please be seated. In just a moment, I'm going to offer a, a word of blessing. After the benediction, we're going to invite you to stay in this place. Enjoy just a little more music. When you are ready, there are refreshments out in the parlors. We hope you'll stick around and meet somebody you've never met before. Wish, wish happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Advent, whatever you're feeling today to somebody who, who, uh, who will take joy in hearing it. Uh, before we do that, I want to give you uh, some words of instruction, and I also need to thank some people. I do this every year, and I never write down the list, and so 
I always forget somebody, but I'm going to try it again this year. And this is the year I'm going to get it right. This is the Sunday of all the Sundays in the year when we see that our worship is most worshipful, when, when we all use our gifts and our graces together. It takes a lot of people uh, working a, a long time ahead of time and behind the scenes to make uh, our festival of lessons and carols happen. So uh, now don't hold, hold, hold on, because I know you want to applaud and thank, thank God for these people, but I'm going to ask you to hold on until I've made my way through the list, right? So, so today we want to thank our brass players, um, some of whom are here every Sunday and some of whom only come, you know, on Christmas and Easter, uh, some of whom come from all the way across the state in order to be with us in moments like this. Thank you, brass players. It is so, it is so good to have you back. You, you enhance our worship so much. Uh, thank you to Alan Weimer on the organ and on the piano, also to Kylie Meinke for jumping on the piano. Thank you to the recorder ensemble and the percussion section today. Thank you to David Lindsay and his chancel choir. Thank you to Leanne Link and the Joy Ringers. Thank you to uh, Jean Weimer and her Friends Choir. Thank you also to, uh, to the people behind the scenes, to Warren up in the sound booth and Ryan Pratt and his team who are making worship go out online this morning. You may never see them, but they're such an important part of what happens here on Sunday. Thank you to the acolytes who light the candles. All right, who am I forgetting? I know I'm missing somebody. Who am I forgetting? Did I get everybody? Oh, and Dale Link, and Dale Link for reading over and over and over again today. All right, I think that's an exhaustive enough list that we can put our hands together and thank God for all of those people. So now some important words about what is happening this week. Of course, the most important thing I want to make sure everybody knows about this week is Christmas Eve worship and Christmas Day worship. This is one of those years, isn't it fun when this happens? I love when this happens. Christmas Eve is coming on Saturday night. What that means is that we will have two opportunities to worship here at Court Street on Christmas Eve. The first will be our family service at 5 o'clock. That is a a service in which the children and young people of the church are going to uh, share with us a a worship service in which they're going to uh, teach us about some ways in which Christmas is celebrated, uh, in which people worship on Christmas all around the world. That happens at 5 o'clock. It will, be, uh, it will be streamed, so you can catch that one from wherever you are if you can't make it in at 5. Then at 11 o'clock, we will gather again in this space for our candlelight communion service. Uh, that one will take us right, right on past midnight and in in, into Christmas morning. And then we're going to do a quick turnaround. We're going to be right back here at 10.30 on Sunday morning. Uh, that, that time, 10.30 on Sunday morning, will be uh, uh, as laid back as we can possibly make it for those of you who make it downtown. If, if that morning it makes sense for you to worship with us online, you go right ahead and do that. For those who make it downtown, go ahead and come to worship in your pajamas. That's fine. We will, we will be happy to see you um, wear, wear worship-appropriate pajamas or, or, or a Christmas sweater or whatever. Let's make it festive. Let's make it laid back. Uh, some of you just changed your so <laughs> just change your plans for next Sunday morning uh, 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 on the spur of the moment, right? So uh, we will see you at 10.30 next Sunday morning online and downtown uh, just, just like we usually do. Um, the, the other things that ordinarily happen on a Sunday morning, the, the 9 o'clock uh, music ministries and uh, conversational and learning ministries, um, we'll, we'll, we'll hit snooze a few times next Sunday and we'll take those off next Sunday. So, so uh, you can, if you're coming in, be here at 10.30-ish uh, and you'll be you'll be right on time for everything. All right, one other thing that, oh, yeah, okay, one other thing that I do want to share with you. Um, so, so we are going to have a postlude today. It is a two-part 
postlude, which can be tricky because Alan's going to play on the organ, you're going to hear some music, and then the music is going to stop, and you're going to be ready to run for the donuts uh, and, 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 and applaud. Um, and, and what I've been asked to, to ask you is hold off because there's more coming, right? So the first time the music stops, we're not done yet. Don't, until you've seen three ships come sailing in, all right? We, we're not finished with the postlude today, all right? So, so stay right where you are, and after the three ships have come sailing in, then you can applaud and head for the coffee. All right, I invite you all, I invite you all to receive this good word. The best of all is God is with us. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit remain with us always. Go in peace. You are deeply loved.